Hi everyone, it's Ellie here, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to the first ever episode of HodgePodge. Today, we're going to be talking about the person that inspired this podcast in the first place. I remember I read about her in this book called Bully Pulpit by Doris Kearns Goodwin, which I would 100% recommend you checking out, because that novel... I think really opened my eyes to what it means to learn about underrepresented groups throughout history. So with that, if you're interested in checking out any of the sources from this episode, please look at the link in the description, and I hope you enjoy. Hodgepodge! Hodge, 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 hodgepodge. Hodgey, hodgey, hodge, hodgepodge. It's winter 1877 at the White House. President Rutherford B. Hayes and his wife are celebrating their wedding anniversary. The building bustles with the week's celebrations. Friends close to the family members of the cabinet, military generals, and the Supreme Court as well. Past one night party's excited chatter stands a 16-year-old girl. She's stuck on the sidelines, not in society just yet. Still, it's not all bad. There's such elegant music, carefully pressed gowns, and parlors filled to the brim with flowers. After this visit, a young Nellie Taft made up her mind. She told her Uncle Hayes that someday she would live in D.C., and not just as an observer, but on the arm of a president. I wonder if anyone guessed who we're talking about today based on the promotional photo for today's episode. But anyways, surprise, surprise, it's Nellie Taft. This woman honestly inspired me to make this podcast in the first place because I think that she's almost exclusively talked about in context of her husband. And even though she had a large influence on his political life, her own aspirations and her own achievements were also incredibly impressive. I think that the day she left the White House at 16 years old, we started to lose track of her story a bit. So let's wind back the clock and get an insight into what Nellie actually was like. Nellie's political influence exploded after marrying William Howard Taft in 1886. The two had talked constantly about literature and politics since she started an intellectual group as a young girl. 
With her bright skills, Nellie encouraged her husband to move from his law practice to a political appointment in the Philippines, where he could gain more public traction. Then, despite receiving little credit for her work, she fought against the discrimination of local people and for the preservation of the Paseo de Luneta, a shared community space. During Theodore Roosevelt's presidency, William Taft went on to turn down not just one, but two Supreme Court nominations. And why was that? You guessed it. His wife. Nellie was the voice of William Taft. The political spirit society wouldn't let her conduct an office because of her gender. So, in 1908, after noticing her husband was a contender for the presidency, she got his name on the ballot. Not long after, he won the election. No shocker there. And finally, Nellie's dream of making it to Washington was taking shape. It's Inauguration Day, March 1909. Taft's looking all presidential in his too tall top hat, and there's his wife in the car right next to him. Up until that point, no first lady had ever ridden in the inaugural address. In fact, Nellie Taft was a first lady of firsts, During her husband's term, she was the first First Lady who reorganized the White House staff to include people of color, to create positions for women. She was also the first First Lady who advocated for a public policy organization openly. Basically, so I can stop saying First First Lady, this woman embodied the progressive era. William Taft legitimately called her the Nellie also had an infectious personality. Seriously, if I could avoid major disease and political persecution, I would go Probably would have tasted delicious too. Let's be real. During the first months of Taft's presidency, her husband hit a bit of a rut. Politically, everything wasn't going so swell. Socially, it was somehow worse compared to Roosevelt's term before him. So, to combat the problem, Nellie created a whole flipping social scene in the White House filled with constant parties. Even today, her impact on Washington is visible through the Japanese cherry trees she planted across the Potomac. This woman basically told Congress to spend $25,000, which equals over half a million today. And they said, sure, because of course they did. One of the other reasons that I adore this first lady is because she's an artistic queen. On top of all of the other things she was doing in her life, Nellie founded the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra Association. There is also a part of her story that's left out because it's a tad controversial. 
turns out Nellie really enjoyed scandalous theater, as well as gambling and drinking and smoking. This woman saw the temperance movement and said, top up my glass, will you? I kid you not. She decided to reinstate the champagne bowl at the White House. And then, just two months into her husband's term, she had a stroke. In just a few seconds, Nellie Taft lost her public image, her social life, her voice. I'm struck by just how much shame she felt hiding from the public eye, trying to regain the ability to speak, as her husband's presidency fell apart. Whilst I was doing research for this episode, one source called Nellie Taft's life dreamlike. But I'm left wondering where the dream is here. Throughout her life, this first lady had to fight against a world that wanted her to be silent because she was a woman. That credited her husband for her political ideas. But I also see a person that was dissatisfied with that world, who used any means she could to make her voice heard. You know, Even after her stroke, Nellie Taft made history. She became the first First Lady to ever attend an opponent's political convention in 1912. That tenacity is why Nellie Taft's story keeps drawing me in. Why I wanted hers to be the first I tell in this podcast. Ultimately, It's the story of a 16-year-old girl who first saw the White House in candlelight from the sidelines. Saw the presidency. Saw political life. Who, in her isolation, said, I will be there someday. And actually made it. Thank you so much for listening to our first story. Now, as a quick ending for today's podcast, we're going to be starting a little segment here called Historical Hullabaloo. So everyone is basically going to get asked a question that is more open-ended for you to answer in whatever way you want. Send us in your responses through our Instagram or by contacting me, Ellie Hodges, personally. If you were to bring a first lady to one of your classes, who would you bring and why? To what class? We'd love to hear your responses. Give that a little bit of a thought and remember to subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you're interested in checking out any of the sources from today's episode, take a little look at the description and everything is in there for you to do some extra exploring. A huge thank you is also due to my friends and family, specifically Martin, Emma, and Maddie, for being involved with the voices included in this episode. Additional thanks to Emma for the outro. And with that, Ellie out.